0: This is Red Femme. I'm Jen and I'm here with Hannah. Hello. And this is a very ill edition of the Red Femme podcast. That's why my voice sounds like it does. It's not just that I've been taking testosterone for six months. (laughs) And this is its accumulative effect. It's that I am... We're both under the weather in different ways.
1: I have gastroenteritis
0: and and Jen has whatever this is. It's a very bad cold. Yeah. So... We will persist anyway and try and tackle today's topic, which is bimboism. Yes. So this is a concept that Hannah has spoken about at length on TikTok. And to kick things off, I'm going to play the TikTok, but I'll speak over the bit that just has text. Right. So it starts with, you'll hear some music and then Hannah speaks, but it starts with me age 15 to 19 in an unquenchable thirst for truth and knowledge, which only led to despair and depression. So there's a photo of a a young woman with that text over it about how she used to be like a bookworm. Right. And that it didn't work out or whatever. Yeah. And then Hannah explains the concept of bimboism in the TikTok. So there's that. And then... And then it shows her at the gym, dressed not for the gym, like very scantily clad like a like a nightclub almost yeah like a skirt and bra me at 24 fully fied, only concerned with being feeling good and pretty just mindfully existing and then we'll listen to mindlessly Hannah. it says mindfully oh
1: does it okay
0: but yeah, yeah. same <laughs> and uh, so we'll listen to hannah's explanation on tiktok and then we'll discuss it here what bimboism is
1: so I've been seeing more of this sentiment online, women and girls expressing that they're just not interested in intellectual pursuits. It's not that they're not intelligent. It's that they're making a conscious choice to withdraw. And instead, they're investing in things that they consider to be more valuable to their quality of life, namely sex and sexuality. And it made me think that this isn't the first time in history this has happened. So the first wave of feminism really was about women getting the right to vote, but it was also about women entering education. After the first wave, many women's universities popped up, particularly in the United States. And it was considered normal and socially valuable for women to be educated. After the Second World War, once everyone had lived through this collectively really traumatizing experience, there was this regression where women went back into the home. This is where you see the idealized 1950s housewife archetype become very popular. Betty Friedan in 1963 wrote a book called The Feminine Mystique, and it was one of the books that really kicked off second wave feminism. And her theory was, was that because people had lived through this collectively traumatizing experience, they wanted to have like nice, cozy experiences of domesticity in the home. And the housewife archetype was very much part of that. So women would attend universities and become educated, but they weren't really interested in the content. So Betty Friedan visited these women's universities and spoke to the professors about what they were seeing. A quote from one of these professors is, they're bright enough, they have to be to get here at all now, but they just won't let themselves get interested. They seem to feel it'll get in the way when they marry the young executive and raise all those children in the suburbs. It just makes me think, haven't we all gone through a collectively traumatizing experience recently? In March 2020, we, a lot of us thought we were going to die of a plague. There's a massive economic recession happening. There's a huge amount of war and political instability. And so, no, maybe the archetype isn't to be a 1950s style housewife, though I have seen that too. Maybe the archetype has to do with pornography another kind of feminine archetype that's becoming popular being a bimbo being empty-headed being concerned with another kind of femininity something that's a little easier and a little more comforting than thinking about the state of the world
0: okay very good thank you so <laughs> One of the
1: most popular
0: yeah videos
1: on tiktok by a mile and twitter yeah
0: so do you want to elaborate a bit more your thoughts and then I'll give my theory?
1: Yeah, I guess I was reading I was reading Betty Friedan's The Feminine Mystique at the time and I was thinking about how it was applicable to today's today's day and age. And I thought in the book it kind of gives a very detailed description of how women were kind of inculcated into this pseudo cult-like belief that, you know, that you have to be kind of you have no identity outside of being a wife and mother. And in fact, having an identity outside of being a wife and mother meant that you were like psychologically dysfunctional. Like there was Mm -hmm. something kind of mentally wrong with you. And I was just thinking back to the time that I was growing up during kind of the big boom of liberal feminism and how it was all about how pornography was wonderful and prostitution was wonderful. And, the more sex with men you had, the more liberated you were. And I was thinking about how it was a very similar sort of um, indoctrination process. Basically, that If you didn't want to
0: go out and have loads of sex, there was something wrong with you.
1: Yeah. There was something really wrong with you. Yeah. And that, w- that, that and you know, Frieden talks about like functionalism and how it was a big thing in sociology at the time. And it was like, this is women's social function. And it felt like a very similar thing. Um, and she talks about this lack of identity and this lack of, self-determination that happens when women are just kind of regulated to being in the home and not doing anything else with their lives. And I thought, what is the kind of the modern equivalent? And I think that it wouldn't be honest to say that it's 1950s housewifeism, though there's been a resurgence in that. I think it's altogether more accurate to say that it's this basically this bimbo archetype and bimboism is all about like it comes from pornography. There's a particular um genre pornography which is bimbofication of taking a woman or a man um more often a woman and kind of removing her slowly of her identity but making her more and more plastic so if you ever see those women um those poor women who've had really extreme plastic surgery yeah they're part of that bimbofication fetish like the
0: football breasts
1: yes and
0: it's like it's also about being empty-headed and it being, like, funny and then being like, I'm just a dumb blonde.
1: It's like removing, making someone more and more plastic so they're less and less of a subject and more and more of an object.
0: And as if you have had, like, a lobotomy. Yes. And, like, you don't have a brain, you're just body.
1: yeah, yeah. Some yeah. body parts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was kind of my thinking behind the video.
0: Well, I would say that the bimbo thing is really catching on in gen z right from what i can tell yeah and i assume that it's partly because gen z have such terrible prospects i know we bang on about this all the time but it's true and that part of that is just getting to the point where you're like i i can't care about this anymore it's just better not to think so for me the the bimbo thing is about disassociation yeah and it's about being like, lol, whatever. Yes. So millennials were always this kind of like earnest type, but we knew the world was like crashing around us. So if you go back to all of the music in like 2010, 2012, it was all like, we're gonna party all night, even though we've got all these problems and no money, but we're here in the club. Whereas Gen Z is just like doomer pop.
1: Yeah, it's all about death loneliness anxiety pain yeah
0: yeah some of the stuff you play me I just can't believe that that's that's played in I don't know what kind of nightclubs that's played in but like really kind of grim yeah stuff you know yeah and I guess yeah I mean every generation's literature and music and art is like representative of uh their social condition one way or another and yeah, for me, the bimbo thing is really about desensitization and disassociation. So it fits very much with having pornified sex. Yeah. And the need to escape your mind whilst that's happening. But then also just even, you know, the amount of girls. I mean, now there's this huge sort of mountain of not just regret, but like consequence, right? But like the amount of women going onto OnlyFans. Yeah at the start of COVID, particularly because people lost their jobs and people were worried. And it was like, well, this is a way of working from home. And again, it's not just about going, oh, as I stick this like giant thing in me for the camera and all these strangers, I want to be outside my body. It's also then the consequences of like, yeah. fuck, my image now, like a highly intimate de- or degrading image is all over the internet for the rest of my fucking life. Like my kids might see it. What can you do other than pretend you don't care? Yeah. I don't care, lol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's nothing else that
1: can be done. And that's so Gen Z's attitude towards anything. They, they're incapable of taking anything seriously Yeah, whatsoever. It's just like
0: the height of cynicism yeah. a lot of the time. And it's like, well, if that's the position you're put in, I can absolutely understand it. And I would even say there's a little bit of a bimbo thing going on with boys. Yeah. Have you seen this Instagram account called The Elevator Boys? No. It's some German boys kind of acting like American boys and they look a bit happy and bouncy. And they don't ever speak as themselves. Okay. So they just do, like, looking at the camera. They never talk as themselves. You never get to know who they are. I think they have names. Right. They all look vaguely similar, There's like two brown-haired ones, a black-haired one, a blonde one. They all look very similar. And then I remember thinking this I've not seen that many representations of men where it's just like the image. Yeah. And other than maybe a name, but by and large like they they're not distinguishable on that basis. They're really distinguishable on their hair color, although I, their faces are quite similar. And they're just mouthing other mouthing other people's words, or it's just them looking like cute and sheepish in a car park. It's almost like the boy band if the boy band couldn't sing or dance. Right. I remember just thinking that most of the time when I look at content by men, it's not this superficial. Right. There is this move to just the image, yeah, and that we don't need like the content or the mind or words or whatever the
1: subjectivity yeah.
0: subjectivity and it partly works for the internet so you can just project onto it what you want right yeah so all the girls that are fans of these boys are just projecting onto them whatever personality they want mm-hmm. because other than being like cute and wearing a nice winter jacket there's nothing else about them right and they are indistinguishable from one another in how they look on camera and how they look at the camera right and mm. so, yeah, the elevator boys, I think it started because they would do thirst trap videos of them looking like hot in elevators. And it was the idea that they were encouraging a girl that the girl would open the elevator and be like, oh, these hot five German boys. And then they'd like wink at the girl and be like, come on, come in the elevator. And it was the idea of like a chance meeting with like a good a meet looking... cute. Uh-huh. A meet cute. Is that what that is?
1: A meet cute is like a film term for when the two love interests meet.
0: Yes. Yeah well, you're meeting five, six of them in this elevator. And what I find funny, though, is because they're German, I know that their voices are like, Ich liebe dich. Like, there's nothing, like, romantic there if they open their mouths, really, you know? Mm. But that, maybe that's why, partly why they shut the fuck up. But, um, yeah. Anyway, so that's just one thing I, know. I it, There's definitely something about, like, the artifice of the internet and this narrowing of just to a one-dimensional image. Yes. Or, like, the focus is that. But yeah, I, I, I really think that the bimbo thing is a cope.
1: yeah, for girls.: Yeah, and it, it, and it has its own like specificities um, for today, like contemporary specificities, but it is also kind of a reflection of or a reproduction of similar um, feminine archetypes of the past. Yeah, In the same way that, like, the 1950s housewife had no subjectivity. It was yeah. just an object, was not expected to, um, like, Betty Frieden writes about, like, if there was a woman who was too, like, into the PTA or the Parent Teacher Association, like, you know, did the photocopying too enthusiastically, people were suspicious of her. Mm. Like, how, like, you couldn't even have that kind of interest. Well, you couldn't be outside. that
0: serious.
1: And you couldn't have any interest
0: outside of your children.
1: Right. That was it. That was all that was allowed. But even
0: if you took, yeah, PTA meetings seriously, it was like, I guess, yeah, unusual to the point of suspicion. Yeah. But that's, but it is, it is the idea that it's suspicious for a woman to take something seriously. Yeah. And of course that then means that she could do something. Because you can only really do something, right, if you take it seriously. Like get good at something or, I don't know, make some change at the school or whatever.
1: There is something about the, a total lack of ability to take anything seriously that's really, really, really
0: toxic. It's, it's a defense that a lot of teenagers use,
1: but it's just being extended yeah, further yeah. and further into adulthood. It's crazy. Someone recommended a book to me on TikTok. I think it was called Laughing Ourselves to Death, like the failure to take anything seriously. I, I don't need to Google
0: it specifically to see who wrote it, but it's, um, yeah, I mean... It's it's usually a defence by teenagers in the de- kind of face of despair, usually add authority figures that do not wish them well or that they can't see the well that authority figures may be trying to enact. But I certainly used it with teachers that I thought were to no benefit. And mm-hmm. that's when they start trying to go like, you'll get an F in this subject if you don't start taking this seriously. And then you just kind of smirk. Yeah, But it's like... It's like that, but then like <laughs> folded out and opened yeah, basically into like your whole personality. But I should say a classic example of this, and it's a millennial one actually, would be Paris Hilton.
1: Yeah, it's like the Paris Hilton education. But, but she
0: adopted that as a intentionally she said that she was like and it was partly to keep her guard up yeah but she said you know this is how people wanted photos of me i didn't have to do much no one really wanted to hear what i had to say and then i got like that show i don't remember its name the sweet life the sweet life with her and uh nicole ritchie Well, that was a disney show this is Jen. A week later having googled the show is actually called the simple life not the sweet life and that was all, it was like, this. has this funny thing where, so these two, for people who don't know who they are, these socialites are basically young women in Los Angeles that were blonde and tanned and, you know, and they were, it was the idea that they were rich and they were therefore quite incapable and competent and then on the sweet life they would give them normal jobs and just watch how rubbish they were. And it was kind of funny that like a working class person would be like, Paris, you can't. Fry fries or whatever, like, yeah, you know, and but she now talks about how she's like, I just don't know that person, like, that's not me at all. And there, she's like, This is my real voice,
1: this is how I talk.
0: Yeah, she was putting on a voice, yeah, and she kind of just says, Partly that she regrets it, and now she does very serious work campaigning to close those abusive camps for children, yeah, like
1: to stop youth institutional abuse in the troubled teen industry,
0: yeah. That's it. And the children have died and she was like taken away to one, had to like live in the woods or something.
1: And then she went to another so-called boarding school where she was like in solitary confinement and sexually assaulted.
0: Yeah. Like really serious. So she is a serious woman. It's just that she was playing the game. But the fact that she knew she adopted it, whereas I think the bimboism we see represented on social media, like the girl explained in the TikTok you critiqued, just like 15 to 19, I was really into books and knowledge and miserable. Here I am at 24. I don't care about anything. Yeah. And I'm not miserable.
1: And it's a weird dichotomy as if those are the two choices. Yeah. As if you can't, you know, acknowledge that there are serious, difficult things like uh, youth abuse in the troubled teen industry and sex trafficking and wife battery and, you know, sweatshops. You can't acknowledge that and also have a fine life.
0: But what she kind of talked about I mean, we're just going off the text in mm. that TikTok is getting through the day. Yeah. just She says being mindful, but it's really being mindless, right? I mean, yeah. that's how you read it because that's really what she's describing is like, I have to not think too much about like where my life is going or my prospects because they're not great. Yeah. So therefore you just focus on, I got out of bed today. I feel okay. I made myself a nice breakfast. I did my routine. That's good. I then treat myself to, like, an iced coffee. That's good. It's just, like, how to cope from one thing to the next without thinking too much.
1: And I think there's something... There is... I agree that there is... Def- it's present in boys, but to in a certain... In a different iteration. I think there is something about femininity and how it plays out specifically with women and girls, mm. which is it's not just being mindless. It's I'm going to take on this archetype of basically investing every bit of my identity into how I look. yeah and just being like a quote-unquote bimbo.
0: Well, there's so many Instagram influencers that do that. Yeah. And what we were talking about on the last episode um, on Patreon was that so much of femininity or what what is modelled for women and how women are produced, it very much fits then with like the traditional man model of mm-hmm. a woman shouldn't just be agreeable to a man, she needs to be vacant. So she's ready to adopt his politics, religion, name, lifestyle, everything. Yeah. So all you, if you're following this model, want to do is work on how you look and then you just want to appear sort of the rest is absent yeah. because it's there to just be filled by the man. You take on his subjectivity. the
1: influence. You
0: reproduce him. Yeah. And you adopt everything, you know, his interests, whatever. And that this is this is really how women are taught that this is desirable. There's some lesbians that do this and they're like chameleons because they genuinely think that what the other person that they want will want and how to be the best partner is to adopt the views, interests and way of being of the other person, even when it's a woman Yeah, because they are somehow, this has been ideologically inculcated that they need to do that in order to be the best partner you can be. Yeah, And it's, Seems so alien to me, but you can see it with the way that, you know, um, so many of these women that are influencers, they will never have an interest. They will never have a career outside of that. They will never express an opinion.
1: No. It's also about how dangerous it is to express an opinion. Yes. You know, that's not... It's so weird. They're so agreement-seeking. It's what do we think of this? What do we think of that? Like, it's all about... Um, what is the hive mind saying? So I can then reflect that. Yeah. And every once in a while, someone will come out with a contra opinion, some brave soul, and everyone will go, Oh, actually, they're right. And they'll all kind of switch over
0: to whatever yeah, that yeah, person yeah. And has tri- said. And the tribal allegiance switches.
1: I mean, cancel culture is an overused term, but I really think it's a reflection of that. If you were to go, Actually, I disagree, I don't know, on whatever particular thing, that is not rewarded like individuality in that particular way is not rewarded or intellectual curiosity is not rewarded well, especially not in women you just have to accept what's being told to you yeah kind of by the hive mind and whatever hive mind you are and i think in the united states if we think of like the united states as like a center of culture it's very much what the blue versus red hive mind says mm. you know that's the two hive minds and it's where do you fit into that kind of like matrix of thought
0: yeah yeah,
1: like, the amount of people... Americans always assume I'm a, I'm a conservative. All, always. Really? Always, 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 always. With this accent, with me talking about, like, I don't know, how the workers should own the means of production. Sometimes I'll get, like, I think you're a
0: conservative, even, on that. 100%. They don't recognize you're a Marxist. Every single...
1: Well, I mean, maybe not me specifically using that terminology, but I think I'm pretty clear that I'm a socialist in everything, every single everything, thing yeah, I do.
0: Yeah.
1: um, But it's just if you don't have the Democratic Party line, you have to be a Republican. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Th- those are the two very binary, very rigid options. And I don't think America has been this divided before. It's so funny. Dim- Tim Dillon talks about Nazi groomer, Nazi groomer, Nazi groomer. Like, those are the two... Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...kind of ways <laughs> you can be, yeah.
0: <laughs> I think that uh, even though, I would say, in organized politics, say, in the UK, on the left... You are hated as a woman if you are not willing to fit in with tribal allegiances. Right. It's, like, the number one thing that pegs you as someone for expulsion, social exclusion. If you just ha- show, like, an alive brain where you don't just accept certain things and you're not just, like, a headbanger and, like, you don't just nod along. Yeah. People are very suspicious of you.
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: I would say in almost any organized group, even probably at work people that's why people have like especially women have workplace personas where they're very self-possessed they're very streamlined they don't speak about their private lives it's so there's nothing that marks them out yeah um not just as as different but that then can't be used against you yeah but yeah there is there is i do think that women historically have had to be more tribal because they've relied on like i don't know the safety and security of the tribe more than men I assume that it yeah. is a, yeah, a socially reproduced thing for like centuries and centuries and centuries, like millennia. Yeah, yeah, I agree.
1: It's also just the hate men, that men's hatred of women's
0: intelligence. Just yes, it's just complete contempt. But but it, it, women are more conforming than men.
1: Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, and you're right. It's just a survival mechanism. Like how. I mean, even within the, the transgenderism debate, just putting your head above the parapet yeah. on that, if you look how, basically it took about, when did the gender critical movement really start in earnest?
0: End of 2017
1: in the UK. It was probably, and I think it was 2016 when C16 came through in Canada. So if, it, if you think about it, it's taken nearly 10 years, eight years. It's yeah. taken eight years, basically. Of women just getting cancelled, getting fired, having their lives ruined before...
0: The height of that here was 2019, and it's declined really? since. Yeah. That was when I got banned off Twitter. Right. And then ever since then, it has slowly... People are basically not putting up with it anymore. No. There's just too many people going, for fuck's sake, you know? Yeah. You know, it's over. Definitely. I, I can't see it coming back anytime soon. I mean, certainly not in the UK. No, Never. But one of the things that I noticed to so this thing of like the bimbo is like the perfect archetype of what I would say like traditional, but in in the modern trad way. So like Dylan Dannis. for those that don't know, he's like a MMA fighter who's who's on a big boxing match with, against Logan Paul, who's the YouTuber that got famous partly through all the outrage around filming a dead body in Japan mm-hmm. in the suicide forest. So Dylan Dannis is a trad man and it was like, I'm gonna marry a virgin, fuck around till then, but I have to marry a virgin, blah, blah, blah. Is he religious? Uh maybe. He's Armenian. But but the but the new trad thing is about marrying a virgin. Because right because then no other man has yeah. had her. No one can ever tell ta- you got the number one thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You married a virgin. You could f- you could have like fucked a thousand women as a mm. man, but you need to marry a virgin. So The bimbo for him would be the ideal thing. Not just the classic thing of, oh, you know, traditional patriarchy, reproduce the man, but no one could then get at her. Yeah. Because there's nothing to get at other than the image. She has no history. She has no subjectivity. She barely, you know, she's nothing. And Childlike. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting is that whenever I sort of argue with people on the internet, men are very respectful when they think that I'm a man. Mm. Even in their little insults, they are like, oh, come on, bro. That's yeah, not true, yeah, da, yeah. Da. But as soon as they clock that I'm a woman, they immediately try to attack you personally mm. rather than taking on what you're saying. Yeah. So again, if you can manage to remove all of your subjectivity, at least from show, and adopt the vacant bimboism, just the image, and then if your image is like a pornified image, men don't really have anything to attack. Maybe yeah. other than suggesting you're a slut or something because you look like how they imagine porn stars look. Right. But it is a way of avoiding all of these barbs oh, from completely. men on the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To just be like, well, what are my interests? What are my qualifications? I don't have it out there. Maybe I have none.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? No, definitely. And there, like Betty Friedan also writes about in The Feminine Mystique basically how the femininity at the time was very similar to infantilization. It was just being an infant. Yeah. um, Having no responsibility, taking nothing on, taking no risks, like just basically remaining an infant in your parents' home to you become an infant in your um, husband's home, to you become a mother, um, and then you just fully as a mother, but you can only have responsibility in so much as it means being a, a mother. Um, and you see like there's a big trend on TikTok now being girls being like, I'm a 27 year old teenager. Every yeah, second yeah, TikTok yeah. is about how like, oh, I feel the same as I did when I was 16. It's all about no responsibility, no risk, no subjectivity no, um, you know, growth, nothing. I'm still a child. I'm still a child. I'm still a child. Yeah. And I just want to say, like, yeah, like, responsibility sucks. Having a job sucks. <laughs> like, having to do your taxes sucks. Like, all of that sucks. Was it really worth, like, not having any power or control over anything ever? Well, it's necessary for like, your
0: development as an adult yeah. getting older. And you really don't develop without difficult experiences. Even, like, the fact that I'm very good at bureaucracy – I was not good at it when I first did it. Yeah. I got good at it through having to do it time and time and time again. Yeah. And just becoming kind of very au fait with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it—it it is a retreat. And I get that it's partly a retreat, but I also know it's so hard for Gen Z to launch. Right. So which one is it, really? It's like they're pushed out, back away, back into their parents' home.
1: Yeah. It's So,
0: um, you know, it's not like, moral retreat you know it is interesting this crosses over a little bit with what we were saying on the last Mm. patreon episode to do with like traditional relationships and Mm. uh, men and women avoiding conflict through traditional models and situationships being the modern traditional model but one of my male friends says that his main aim on a date is to get the woman to laugh all the time yeah and that that shows that she likes him if she laughs. Now my friend's not very funny. He's not like an unfunny guy. He's not someone I regard as funny. Right. He's never made me laugh. Mm. But what it is really is that he's monitoring her for agreement. Right. Cuz she's probably actually laughing cuz she knows like oh he's setting me up to laugh. He's here doing a joke. i meant to laugh. Right. It's really like is she responding correctly to me? Mm. And then another male friend of... but it, but, but So again, it's this... Um, I think that fits slightly with infantilism. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm doing what the authority figure wants. Right. He's doing the stimulus, and I know how I'm doing the response that's right. desired. Right. And makes his ego feel good and so on. Mm-hmm. And then another male friend of mine, I remember calling him, asking for some advice, but it wasn't for me. It was for this girl on the IT desk at UCL that I was working with. But I think at the time he thought it was for me, and I was like... I was like, oh, there's this student who's like like a Japanese male model or something, really good looking guy. What can she do to get his attention? Or like, how do you how would you advise? We proceed. We were asking like a man for advice. Oh yeah, no, that was it. He thought that I meant a man that worked on the desk, and he said, Oh, ask him how to do something.
1: Mm. Like
0: ask him for help and mm. let him problem solve for you. Yeah. And I said, oh, no, 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 she, actually, he, he's like a student that sh- she's on the desk, but he's a student that she, you know, they were both students, but you know yeah. what I mean? Anyway, and I thought that's another interesting way. The way to flirt with a man is to seem incompetent. yeah And let him feel competent. Yeah. Again, this idea that if you're inferior, yeah. you're more desirable and you make him feel superior and you like, uh, kind of, what's the word? Foster the male ego, whatever. Yeah, but all of this bimboism is just its extreme, right?
1: It's just ex- yeah, its yeah. So like an end logic of a certain kind of femininity, yeah. and it's also this thing of like appearing dead, like just the if, like if you were to look at it aesthetically, like having body hair, um, having body hair, uh, smelling of a human being, yeah. um, having hair that's a length in which you can actually move around having breasts that aren't just like perky and for aesthetics, but look like they could possibly feed... Like all the signs of life, Mm. basically, and just stripping that away and making you... Like it's actually the most unfeminine thing or the most unwomanly thing. It's like removing all the bits of
0: of womanhood from a woman. Well, it's like that thing that only women get cellulite.
1: Yeah. Whereas I'm
0: sure those women would be photoshopping any cellulite out of their pictures. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But it's signs of a lived-in body. I think it's just a sign of an alive body. Right. Yeah. Because
1: no woman has... Very few women on planet Earth have bleach blonde hair. Mm. Very few women have no body hair. If any, grown women have no body hair. Yeah. No woman wants to walk around... Or women, like, even the clothing is all about restriction and keeping yourself smaller, not being able to move.
0: You know, the other thing I've seen is, Andrew Tate also talks about this. And he says the best thing you can do for a woman is just take her out and she doesn't have to think about anything. Yeah. And I've seen loads of TikToks where a woman will say... I love going on dates with my boyfriend because I just have to get in the car and I don't have to think about anything. I don't bring my bag. I don't bring my keys. I don't bring it. I just sit in the car and he handles everything. He decides where we go, He decides what we do, and then, you know, takes me home, whatever. Mm. And it's this idea that, again, that you can just be like a passenger. Yeah. And you can just hand over the reins to the thoughtful being, and otherwise you're just... Along for the ride, and you—you you can literally be brainless in that moment.
1: It's like that documentary they did. Was it Vice or some similar outfit? Did a documentary on like white supremacist groups, mm-hmm. and there was a woman. You watched it. We watched it together, I think. And there was a woman who was part of an American white supremacist group whose boyfriend was a fascist, and she got into like the fascist subculture, um, and basically she left us, left it, and now became became like an anti-racist person. And she was saying like, oh, when I was in that world, I didn't have to think about anything. I didn't have any responsibility for anything. He was just in charge of, mm. of everything. And he was like, she was like, that was quite easy.
0: I mean, I can imagine how for like a few days, maybe <laughs> like you can be like, well, <laughs> I just hate being told what to do, though. Oh, yeah. If it involves that. But it's a bit like if someone just, te- you know, takes you on a trip and is like, don't worry, everything's taken care of. You can be like, OK, that's nice. Though I'm somebody who'd be like, okay, but let me double, I need to check the itinerary or something. But I can understand the appeal of that thing of like, you're just taking care of. Right. But if that also then involves being told what to do, I, it diminishes it. And it's also very short lived. Yeah. Because you, you have to check basically like, okay, but where are we going?
1: But ultimately he, women are subjects. So resentment, resentment appears. And that's why so many divorces are initiated by women. Yeah. You just reach a limit of what you can take.
0: In terms of male dominance, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess that's the that you can get there in many ways. But I think that I don't know the bimboism thing. I get that it's an aesthetic, and I get that a lot of women are trying to like live in that mindset. Certainly, the young ones on TikTok, but I don't really know how it proceeds. Other than if you attach yourself to a man, and then he does everything and decides everything. Right. And there's not going to be that many men in this economy that can do that. You know, like, he's the earner, he does everything. Yeah. Um, no, it's
1: not, it's not really possible.
0: no No, no. so what's the end goal is like eventually you will have to get a job you might have to get a qualification (laughs) yeah and take something seriously yeah that's the main thing it's about being able to just be like haha lol like i don't have to take anything seriously so therefore nothing matters too much yeah it's just like total nihilism of gen Z. yeah they're really nihilistic well i guess the the world is ending i mean environmentally at least
1: Yeah, and the American Empire is ending. Yeah, yeah. People say that there's similar kinds of humour that you can find at, like, the end of the British
0: Empire and the end of the Roman Empire. Oh, really? Yeah. What what was it? Nihilism. No, okay, right, and, like, absurdism. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, Gen Z is so into, like, Dada.
1: Yeah, Dadaism, yeah.
0: Weird, absurdist, like, art and humour and... I remember on Tumblr,
1: like, there was this thing of these goats <laughs> were like scaling a wall to lick salt. Yeah, yeah. And, or scaling a mountain, and they just look ridiculous hanging off this mountain with their tongues licking the salt. And it was I've seen those. And some and some girl was talking about mineral makeup,
0: mm. and she was
1: talking about how much she loved mineral makeup. And then someone <laughs> put the goat picture and was just like, "I crave the mineral," <laughs> and, I, and "I crave the mineral" became like a meme for forever but like i i feel like that's not even absurd enough that's, mm. i feel like that's a bit millennial
0: oh no that's like, like the first layer and
1: then there'll be like four other layers yeah
0: there'll be like eventually 47 other layers of irony yeah you have to know every meme in order to get the final one yeah and recognize it in its final form
1: yeah
0: yeah no that is the sort of humor And look sometimes people think we talk about the internet too much do it's, they a little bit i've seen some comments but it's like People don't get, like, this is where culture and politics is happening now. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but it's true. We're going to do another episode probably next week on the state of the left and how so many organisations are just fake. Yeah. They have no rules. They have no membership. They're not real. It's all a... Potemkin Village but what's real, weirdly enough is like the meta space of the internet Yeah, that's what's actually impacting people's ideas and weirdly enough their lifestyles
1: yeah 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 it's true I mean I don't know how people don't realise that
0: it's because for some people they don't have that relationship with the internet because they're over 40 even for somebody over 30 I don't have the same relationship with the internet as like young people in their 20s do Mm. Think about like our friend Joe, who was like i can't uh, eat a meal on my own. I have to have like a video there for company
1: there is this vi- <laughs> there is this picture there this 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 young girl or young woman girl took a picture of her mum, and I think she was like filing taxes no she was like signing checks for something like paper checks um and like going through her accounts and signing the proper checks and she was like, I could not do this task if I didn't have a video essay in the background about the history of Disneyland or something. Mm. I have no idea how she's doing this. And I asked her and she said, I just get on with the task at hand. <laughs> and I could not believe it.
0: No. But, also, but
1: it's also the um, attention economy thing. Yeah. I really think it's a good thing that they're banning... In the UK. Phones in schools. Phones in schools. And it sounds like horrible, like you're being kind of a meanie. But like teachers are reporting that kids are like two to three years behind developmentally.
0: Yeah. Will that be COVID though?
1: It'll be COVID, but I also am completely convinced it's the iPads and the iPhones and Rick putting kids in front of iPads,
0: mm. which is
1: like, sounds like a shaming parents thing. It's not even that. I understand the parents are very busy, but the fact that children can't pay attention to a tiktok video without a parallel tiktok video beside it distracting them with some other mindless task yeah can you imagine them trying to pay attention to long division it would just be impossible
0: yeah i mean i i think that we were put in front of the tv a lot as children but that had narratives
1: yeah and And it it, wasn't like a scrolling thing where you just immediately go to the next thing when you got bored no and
0: you had to pay attention for 15 minutes till the ad break yeah (laughs) at least (laughs) but yeah in
1: canada it was seven minutes
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember once when I was in America, I just... They had adverts constantly. I was like, there's been five minutes of the show. I know. It's it was minutes. awful. It was seven minutes and 30 seconds. It fucks up the show. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, no, this whole thing of, like, I need, like, a mukbang of someone eating so that I can eat or I'm anxious. I need some ASMR going.
1: Yeah. To, like,
0: soothe me on public transport. It's just... It's strange. Yeah, but there is, there is, there are like weird dimensions. I had to ask a Gen Z like, why do you all love text on videos? And actually, it's so they can because sometimes you can't have sound. Like if you're on the bus, it's a way to be connected to your phone constantly. So that in class, say you can just watch a video and it's got the text on it. Yeah, so you don't need to listen to it.
1: Yeah, I ha- I, I knew someone who liked the text on on like the subtitles on all the time. And I assumed it was his English because it was her second language. But I noticed that a lot of Gen Zs will watch with subtitles on.
0: And it's just so that you can have it on. And anyway. I also
1: think like if you're half paying attention to your phone and then you're also paying attention to the film, if you have the text on, you might be able to catch up a bit better.
0: Yeah. And kind of
1: orientate yourself a bit better. If you're Oh, paying that's attention why they like
0: to- subtitles of films.
1: Yeah, because it's okay. like two things at once. I think that's what it is.
0: Weird. Anyway, so everyone has different relationships with the internet because of our. It is literally like if you're five year window, yeah, it's, or three year window. Even yeah. I've noticed differences in three years. Yeah, and like millennials, we need to put down the emojis. You've gotten better. <laughs> I have gotten better. <laughs> I had to tell you. I
1: love them.
0: <laughs> They're so expressive. <laughs> an emoji for every feeling anyway do we have any final comments on bimboism
1: no i think it's an interesting development in the kind of it's interesting that we've moved from wife mother to porn star basically yeah that's not even something we touched on it's basic it's basically the new model of femininity is pornography yeah i remember i was in a consciousness raising group once and everyone was like everyone's just trying to look like a porn star beauty standard
0: wise Mm-hmm. Well, it's also because...
1: Even the tattoos, even the everything, like it's very... And you know why porn stars get tattoos?
0: Why? I learned
1: this from um, someone I know who was in pornography. It's to get out of doing um, the kind of pedophile, um, infantilized scenes that creep them out after a certain point,
0: oh.
1: And not do the MILF stuff that also creeps them out. If you have a tattoo, you can't do either. Right. So it's a way of like protecting yourself from doing potentially the creepiest. If I remember scenes.
0: right, women that were very heavily tattooed were often used in like the roughest scenes.
1: Yeah, I think it's a way of like because often the the arc is like girl next door, barely eighteen, and then yeah. when you get out of that, you can um do rougher stuff, and then you can get into milf. Right. So I think it's a way of being like, okay, I'm out of the eighteen, just barely eighteen stuff. <sighs>
0: Well, I also think that nowadays it's partly because so many people expect sex to be, like, porn. Yeah. Then you have to, I guess, look the part.
1: Yeah. Well, I just think it's the beauty standards. I mean, more people watch pornography than they do television.
0: There are a lot of, like, women, like, normal women, like, teachers, police officers, whatever, that, like, get BBLs.
1: Yeah, it's, like, trying, yeah, yeah. And... And the nails and the, yeah, and the hair yeah. extensions and the, and the style of makeup and everything, yeah. Yeah. I don't even think a
0: lot of them know what they're doing. No, they just know that that's the look they want. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely a, the look that circulates.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. Well, that's our take. Nice the isn't. new archetype is bimboism. And I guess there's the bimbofication porn for men.
1: Yeah that makes, to, them, that makes trans. them
0: yeah because yeah. they think that's what a woman is right yeah
1: yeah so
0: it is that this mindless just like vacant. like a, it's almost like a machine without even a ghost in it yeah
1: yeah <laughs> just like
0: this this vacant body is yeah. is what a woman is and
1: that's like a lot of sissy hypnoporn
0: Well, isn't that exactly what Andrea Chu, that guy said? Andrea Long
1: Chu. Yeah, just that a
0: woman is just a gaping asshole waiting to be fucked. Yeah,
1: that's what he said.
0: That is it. If your subjectivity is like you're just concave, you're just a receptacle, you're there to be filled by male subjectivity, and filled by a male penis too, all of that then is exactly what we're talking about where women... Believe that they'll they'll be at their most desirable in just being absent and adopting the other. Adopting their subjectivity, their interests, their way of being. Everything. And
1: for men it's humiliating and that's why they start doing it full-time. It's like a full-time humiliation fetish. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then they get convinced that they're women because they think that's what a woman is. Yeah. A woman is someone who gets off on being a void yeah. and being humiliated for it. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Honestly, historians would not have predicted
1: <laughs> no. that this is
0: where we're going in culture. I don't
1: want to get too like cocky with the whole trans is over, but the opinion polls are pretty clear. I'm, I'm a bit worried that we're going to get a bit too complacent, but anyway.
0: Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure sissy porn is over. So those I men... worry about a backlash to the backlash. So we'll see. Well, don't worry about that yet. I don't think that's true. No. No.
1: I think it'll be really dead in the ground when the LGBT sector drops it.
0: I mean, Stonewall haven't said anything today about the news that the NHS is going to have single sex wards. No, they're all just like crying at their desks. Yeah. Thinking, when do we do the U-turn? When do we save our careers? I know. I mean, if I got the new job at Stonewall, I would drop kick the transgender issue into the stratosphere. Be well, like goodbye.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I've heard I've heard rumors about why Nancy Kelly left. Cause she fucked it. No, I heard that there is a more radical trans sector in Stonewall that wanted a trans CEO.
0: Oh. Ha, ha, ha. Good luck with that. They're gonna have so a trans they're, CEO. They're
1: so gonna be buried in the grave.
0: They're fully like, like burning they... the village to the ground to oh, save the completely. village. Completely. Okay, well, interesting. All right. All right. Tune in next week.
1: Tune in next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.